Hello, Crossroads family and guests. We are so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. We want to let you know about our website, wherelifechanges.com. There you can find more about church events, ministries, and giving options. Check out Pastor Lee's blog at pastorlee.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at crcc underscore social. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wherelifechanges. We really hope that the message today would inspire and encourage you to worship passionately, serve others, and share truth. Now let's jump into the message. So the scripture, the scripture teaches us that Jesus was, was arrested. Right in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was arrested. And the scripture teaches us that he was, he was tried six times, it tells us. He, was, he was went through six trials, six unjust trials, six unfair trials. Scripture tells us that he was beaten with, as Pastor Lee said earlier, with cattails, severely, so much so that the, the scripture says that he was not recognizable as a human. The scripture tells us that he was mocked. Mocked. The scripture tells us that a crown of thorns was placed on his head, and thorns are sharp and they hurt. After he already received all his punishment, they put these thorns on his head. He was humiliated. He was tortured. He was forced to carry a cross. He was later nailed to that cross, where ultimately he was pierced and died for me and for you. And if you get nothing else out of today's message, I could stop right now and just drop the mic and walk off because that's powerful. He did that for me. He did that for you to forgive us so we could have a relationship with him and that we could be forgiven for the things that we sin. Because guess what? We're all sinners, every single one of us. Every single one of us. This whole Bible, the whole book is, is a story of redemption and God's grace and his mercy and his love. And so today I want to talk to you about the F word. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Pastor Lee's getting nervous. He's going to fire me too today, Jamie. We're all getting fired. Talk to you about the word forgiveness. We've been asking this question for 2,000 years, and we still can't get it right. We still can't get it right. We've been asking this question for 2,000 years, and we still can't get it right, church. So hopefully today, my prayer is that when we leave here, we will be people who can forgive because we are people who are forgiven. Right? I'm forgiving. Ever say forgiving? Because I'm forgiven. Without forgiveness, I can't give with no forgiveness. So let's jump into this today. Our fallen nature does not want to forgive. When someone sins against me, when someone wrongs me, what's my natural reaction? My reaction is to get them. Right? I want to, I want to come after them. I want to grab them. I want to snatch them up. Maybe, maybe cuss them out, flip them off, throw, throw pennies at them, whatever it is, right? I want to go after them. I want to get them, right? I want to lay the, lay the smack it down, as the rock says, right? And I want to come after them. And so that's what our natural, fallen, sinful human nature wants to do. We want to go after people. We want revenge. But the Bible teaches us. See, I'm trying hard with this mic. I'm a man on a mission. The Bible teaches us that we do not seek revenge, that we do not repay evil for evil. We repay evil with good. And so I want to start out with a parable today. A parable that I think you've all heard before. It's a, it's a pretty famous parable, but I don't know if you've heard it in this context. 
And so what is a parable? We got to define what a parable is. A parable is a story that packs a heavenly meaning. It packs a punch. Everybody, everybody go, pow. Say it like you mean with your chest out. Say, pow. There we go, right? It packs a heavenly meaning. And so the parable that I want to use today comes from the book of Matthew. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. They should have it up on the screen. But it says in Matthew 18, it says, the word of God says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Against me, Up to seven times. Up to seven times. Now let's, let's talk about Peter for just one second here. What do we know about Peter? We know Peter was the man. Everybody say the man. Right? He slashed the guy's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he walked on water, and we give Peter a bad rap because he fell in the water, but I bet a lot of us, we didn't have the courage to step out. We wouldn't have enough courage to step out in the water, so I think, you can praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. So, so, so Peter's the man. And so we give him a bad rap sometimes, though. But Peter wanted to be righteous, and he's, very, he's always asking questions. If you study Peter, he's inquisitive, he's asking questions, he's hungry, he's thirsty, he wants to, to learn, he wants to know. And he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister sins against me? And he's thinking he's righteous because he says seven. See, the reason why he thinks he's righteous is because the religious leaders, the teachers of the law taught you to forgive three times. And then after that, you dust your feet and, and, and no more, you don't need to offer forgiveness anymore. They twisted some scriptures from Deuteronomy and they said they'd forgive three times, right? And so he's saying, well, I'm going to forgive seven times. He's thinking, I'm the man, right? I'm righteous. I'm going to forgive seven times. Jesus is going to think I'm the man. Nope, not Jesus. Our Jesus is, is the real man. Jesus said, I, not tell, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Some of your translations say 70 times seven and I did the math, and I'm not good at math, and that is 490 times. So what that means is, Pastor Lee, he sinned against me 488 times. Sin against me. Loser. Loser. All right. Two more, sir. One more. One more. No, that's not what that means. Help us, Lord. That's not what that means. Uh, forgiveness is from the heart, guys. I forgive every time. And what he's saying is that that number, what he's using the original language, 490, that, 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 70 times 7 was a number that was uncomprehendable. It was every single time. It was such a number that they had never heard of it before, and, and it was just radical. If you haven't read the Bible and learned that Jesus is radical and he flips things upside down and makes us turn the other cheek when someone hits us and carry the other person's armor a mile and do all these different things, he's radical. And he's saying, you will forgive every time. Everybody say every time. Seven, 70 times 7 or 700 times 7 or whatever your translation says. And then he goes on, and Jesus is teaching now. And he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay the debt, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all they had be sold to repay the debt. Let me stop right there. 10, what was that number that he said? He said 10,000 bags of gold. This another is another radical number. This is 365,000 days wages, an impossible debt. No one can pay that debt back. I don't understand how this man even incurred such a debt, but he did. This is a huge debt. Again, Jesus is teaching, he's radical, and he's teaching us that this number is so big and so large, there's no way this man would ever be able to pay it back. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Hmm. So big and so large, we can never pay it back. So what does the servant do? He gets on his knees. He gets on his knees, and he begs, and he pleads. He begs and he pleads and he says, please, I'll pay it back. No one 
he can't pay that debt back. And the king has mercy on him. King has mercy on him. King has pity on him. And what does the Bible say he does? It says, as the servant fell to his knees before him, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a second on vertical debt. Vertical debt. That is an analogy. That is what God has done for us. He has forgiven us vertically, up and down. Amen. We are forgiven and we are forgiving because we've been forgiven. And so when we think about what am I forgiven for, well, I'm forgiven for my sins. I'm forgiven for my idolatry. I'm forgiven for my lustfulness. I'm forgiven for my greed. I'm forgiven for my addictions. I'm forgiven for my impure thoughts. I'm forgiven for my sinful nature, right? That's vertical forgiveness. That's up and down. And I'm forgiven because of that, for that, through that, by God's grace and his mercy and his love. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness means to set aside, to yield, to omit, to disregard, to leave, to let go, to give up. And I want to focus on this last part. It means to do not discuss. Do not discuss. So we're quick to forgive sometimes, right? You already know where I'm going. I feel the excitement. It's like, yeah, we're pretty quick to forgive, but then we're quick to bring it back up. Remember that time you did this? Man, I'll be throwing stuff in my wife's face all the time. I'm a terrible husband, right? Be throwing stuff in her face. And the Bible says, do not do that. It says, love does not bring up a record of wrongs. It says, love does not bring up the past. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't boast. Love is gentle. Right? But we're quick to say, I forgive you, but do I really actually forgive you? Right? Because it's a heart condition. It's a heart change. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Right? The King James, I love the King James. It says, it says that the man was loosed. It says he was loosed. That means to dismiss, to detain no longer. All this impayable debt, this debt that was, uh, this number that we can't even imagine was just wiped away, was gone, was vanished. And we have the same thing that God did for us through Jesus' death on the cross. This vertical debt. But do we receive that? Do we receive that today? Help us, Lord. Help us to receive that and understand what, cost was paid for us. Let us not forget. Let us not just say, you know, John 3, 16, for whoever shall believe, right? And, and he came into the world not to condemn the world. Let us not just say those things, but let us mean those things. Let us internalize those things. Let us live those things. So my question for you today is, are you dispensing grace or are you demanding justice? Think about that. Are you dispensing grace or demanding justice from people. Because this is what the man does. Let's keep reading. He says, but when the man went out, so the man was just repaid this debt, right? Let's, let's recap. Man has this huge debt. He's repaid the debt. He, he forgives him. He wipes the debt clean. Gets on his knees. He begs for mercy. He forgives him. Wipes the debt clean. And then this man goes out. It says, when he went out, he found, everybody say found, one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins. So he went and intentionally found somebody that owed him some money. Another servant owed him 100 silver coins. Now, 100 silver coins is a lot of money. It's about a year's wages. But it's nothing like the debt that he was just forgiven. Nothing like the debt. He's demanding justice. He's not dispensing grace and mercy and love. And what does it say he does? It says that he goes and he grabs the man and starts to choke him. 
starts to choke him. Pay me back that money that you owe. Pay me back that debt. And what does the servant do to this servant? He fell to his knees. And he begged him for mercy. And he begged him for forgiveness. But this servant, this servant is a little arrogant. This servant was just forgiven so much, and he forgot where he came from. He forgot what he'd been forgiven. He forgot that we're forgiving because we're forgiven. He forgot about that. He forgot the debt that was just forgiven to him, wiped clean. And he goes, and he demands this man make payment. The man can't pay him. He throws him in prison. And the law back then was you could take their wives, their children, and sell them, take their land, and do everything, and take all that stuff, right? And there was no way for them to pay back the debt. It's impossible to pay back this debt because he's in prison. He can't pay back the debt. He just work. And so he demanded justice instead of dispensing grace. And so my question is, are you doing that, church? Yourself? You see, we're forgiven vertically, but what we forget sometimes is that we need to forgive horizontally. We forget sometimes that I have been forgiven so much, so I must forgive so much. If grace is dispensed, grace must be given. Amen? And so we forget. We're quick to hold a grudge against somebody. We're quick to be resentful. We're quick to hold things to people. We're quick to hold them to the fire. We're quick to grab our servant and strangle him and say, pay me back that debt. Pay me back that debt. You owe it to me. Come on, I'm going to get you. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Bible teaches us to be slow to anger, quick to listen. And so when I think about vertical forgiveness and horizontal forgiveness, Zach made this cross. And so when you think about the cross, what comes to mind? It should be forgiveness. Because we're forgiven so we can be forgiving. But let's keep reading what the scripture says. Let's keep going. Getting excited. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called his servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Again, what was he just dispensing? He was dispensing and demanding justice and not dispensing grace. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Now listen to this point right here, guys. This is important. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. From your heart. So we talked about horizontal debt. We talked about vertical debt. This man was set free by freedom. He was by grace, by mercy, and by love. And where did he end up in the end? Because he couldn't pay it forward. In prison. He ended up in prison. And I'm here to submit to you, and I'm here today to tell you that when we don't forgive each other, we think we're putting that person in a prison, in a box, right? I'm not going to forgive Pastor Lee because he's sitting against me 480 times, and he's going to fire me today because I said we're preaching about the F word, right, and, and all that stuff, right? And so we're, we're not going to forgive that. So when we think about this, and we can comprehend that I've been forgiven so much, so I should forgive so much. We see the cross. We live this way, but it's from the heart. Does that make sense? It's got to come from the heart. It's got to come from the heart. 
And sometimes we as Christians don't do that. We're, we're unwilling to let people be forgiven because we have resentment is one reason why we're resentful. We think that if we forgive them, they get a free pass. It, it, it's like um, we're condoning their behavior. Jesus didn't condone sinful behavior, right? He told the, the, he told the woman, go and sin no more or something worse will happen to you, right? He corrected the behavior, but he said, go and sin no more. And so when we think about this, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 14, it says if you, if you forgive your people, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I'm going to read this twice because I don't think y'all heard it. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Your Father will not forgive you your sins. I don't know how to water this down, church. I don't know how to change it. I don't know how to make it say something different. But if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. I mean, that's the new McCurley version, right? The NMV. If you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. And we put ourselves in these prisons that I was talking about earlier. We put ourselves in the, these prisons. The late Louis B. Smeads, a professor of, theo of theology at Fuller Seminary, is credited with saying, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner is you. So what I was saying before is we think we're putting somebody in a box, but really we're the ones that are trapped by chains when I don't forgive. We're the ones that are trapped by chains when I don't forgive. We want revenge. We want justice instead of grace and love and mercy. Right? And here's what the Bible teaches. In Romans 12 it says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. What's the lesson there? I should not try to seek revenge. I should not try to pay it forward, right? I forgive because here's what it says. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written in his mind to avenge. So God is saying, I got you. It's like frozen. Let it go, right? I got you. I got you. And he's saying, don't worry about it. But to do that, there's only one way I can forgive. There's only one way that I can forgive. And that's if I have Christ in me. Because it's not natural to my human nature to forgive. When someone sins against me, I want to get them. I want revenge. I want justice. To dispense grace is counterintuitive. It's countercultural. It's counter. It's not what the world says to do, but it's what the Bible teaches to do. It's what Jesus did, right? And so it's it doesn't it doesn't feel right. We can't base our 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 life on our feelings. We got to base it on truth. If I base it on feelings, I'm gonna be a roller coaster. But I got to base it on truth. We must forgive. Forgiveness is simply giving up the right to condemn and handing over that to God to judge and administer His justice. We must let go of bitterness. Sometimes it's hard to forgive people because we feel like they don't deserve our forgiveness. I'm going to tell you, I'm not God, so I can't play God. Right? I can't play God. We gotta, and this is a big one. We got to let go of our self-righteousness. We got to humble ourselves. Right? Sometimes we think we're all this and a bag of chips when really we're here, and sometimes we need to humble ourselves. What's the Bible say? Humble yourself, and those who humble themselves will be exalted, and he will lift you up at the right time. He will lift you up. Not you will lift you up. He will lift you up. 
And then it says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So, so if you're going to live in perfection and you're never going to sin again and you're never going to make a mistake and you're never going to sin against somebody, then this message is probably not for you. But for the rest of us, who it is for, because we all are sinners, right, amen, we need forgiveness in our lives. We need to forgive, and it's a hard thing. Grace warranted is grace, grace received is grace warranted. I give grace because I receive grace, right? And I give it from my heart because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So my question as we close today is, are you demanding justice or are you dispensing grace? Think about that. Are you demanding justice or are you dispensing grace? When someone sins against you in terms of your time, your talent, and your treasure, how do you react? How do you react to them? Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you loving? And like I said, it's hard. Don't get, it, don't get it twisted. It's hard. But I can only do that through the power of Jesus Christ that is in me. And so like Pastor Lee said earlier, I, I can't teach you how to do that. That's something, that relationship is something you have to strive for. You have to ask him to come into your heart and accept him as your savior. A personal encounter with Jesus Christ is what you have to have. I can't do that for you. Pastor Lee can't do that for you. We wish we probably could, but we can't do that for you. That's something between you and the Lord. That's vertical. That's vertical. But when I can forgive and understand my vertical role, then I can forgive horizontally. And then I remember the cross, the blood that was shed on that cross for me, the blood that was shed on that cross for you. But I got to accept Jesus into my heart. I have to accept him. And I believe today, I believe today there's some people who have not accepted Jesus Christ in their heart. I believe it today. So what I want to do is close your eyes. Close your eyes with me. And by a show of hands with your eyes closed and every eye closed in this place, if you have not accepted Jesus but you want to, I just want you to raise your hand just so I can see your hands. Just so I can see your hands. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. You can put them down. Today is the day, church. Today is the day that you can make a change and accept them into your heart and receive the grace and the peace that transcends understanding. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as those hands were raised, as those hands were raised today, Lord, I see people who need a Savior. Lord, I see people who need you and who are seeking you. And maybe they're scared to take that first step. Maybe they don't understand what that means. Father God, maybe they're just worried what other people would think. But all those are just just thoughts that are trying to hinder them from accepting you. And Lord, you made yourself available for us. The Bible says you wrote your commands on our hearts. You sent your spirit for us so that we could be forgiven and we could be saved. And so as a church, as a whole body, I want to pray this prayer together. Everybody pray it. If it's your first time that we don't embarrass anybody, I just want you all to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I need a Savior. And you are my Savior. Lord, I confess that I am a sinner. And you sent your Son to die for me. So that I could receive eternal life. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your presence. And give me a peace that transcends understanding. 
Lord, for those that prayed that prayer today for their first time, Lord, let's just give you some praise right now in this place. Give you some praise in this place. Now that's, now that's, that's powerful, right? Everything changes now. You are now, the, the angels are rejoicing in heaven. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Everything is changing now. The enemy's going to attack you. When the enemy comes, be ready, right? Because you are a child of God now. You are a child of God, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, dwelling in you. And so all I want to say is if you prayed that prayer for the first time, see Pastor Lee or see Pastor Jamie or see one of us so we can pray with you, tell you what that means, see us before you leave. If you prayed that prayer again to, to rededicate your life to Christ, because i got to submit every day, let us know so we can pray with you, so we can be praying for you this week. We want to pray for you. If you're worried and you don't understand, come see us so we can explain to you. The time is now. Amen. Love you guys. Praise the Lord. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and listening today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share us with your friends. Also, remember to follow us on social media. If you ever find yourself in the area, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning at 1040 a.m. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.